Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Family, we're gonna start with our Bible confession today. So if you have your Bible, doesn't matter what form it takes. If you would, lift that good old boy up for me and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God. And it shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we pray today, we have some anchor, an anchor scripture or anchor text I want us to read together. It's going to come from Jonah. <laughs> Jonah 1. If you would, it's going to be displayed on the screen. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV translation. But before we pray, let's read this out of the word of God. Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It reads... The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, my God, ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarsus, Tarsus. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Family, let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is indeed reliable. It is the truth and it is divine. We ask you to come into this place. We welcome you in this place with open arms and open hearts. Rest in this place. Move up and down every aisle, but not just up and down every aisle, but in, in and out of every heart and every spirit. Touch us. Move us. Take us to that place that you would have us to be. We never take this opportunity that we have to, for granted to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, most of us are familiar with the story of Jonah, especially the part where he gets himself, you know, trapped in the belly of that big fish. That story of Jonah is so familiar that, you know, Christian authors, when they're doing children's books and they're doing the illustrations, that Jonah account him being in the belly of that fish, that account is one that rarely gets left out of that illustration. When we look at Jonah's life in total, pastors and teachers 
often will take Jonah and compare Jonah's life to the life of Jesus Christ. We could do that. I could stand before you and say, hey, let's put Jonah on the left side and Jesus on the right side. And we could do a comparison and contrast of those two people's lives. And we could say, hey, God gave an assignment to both of these men. Jonah, he ran away from the work. Jesus ran towards the work. We could say that Jonah decided he was going to avoid and run away from sinners and a sinful world. Jesus, on the other hand, made the decision to run towards a sinful world. We could say that Jonah did his best to go across the earth to flee from God and his work. Jonah went and fleed from the pain. Whereas Jesus crossed this earth in an effort to reach the cross to endure the pain. We could say that Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish before completing the work. Jesus spent three days in the belly of death before resurrecting and becoming our risen savior and redeemer. We could do that. Without a doubt, we could lay it down line by line by line. You know what? I have no issue with that. I have nothing to debate about those comparisons. I will tell you, though, that I'm not here to talk about Jonah or Jesus per se. Those two men have done their work. Does the book of Jonah give us some good insights and wisdoms that we can apply to our life? Yes. Yes, indeed, it does. Does the work that Jesus accomplished, does it benefit us? Does it give us the right to be counted as one like faithful Abraham and to be engrafted into the family of God? Absolutely. But listen here. The pertinent topic that we need to discuss is what you going to do. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about what Abraham did. We need to know what you do. We don't need to talk about what Moses did and what Joshua did. We shouldn't get so engrafted about that and miss the fact that it's important to know what you're going to do. Yeah, we can talk about Peter and Paul and we can talk about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We can talk about all those folk in the Bible. But the bottom line is you reading the Bible, which means that their work is done. What you going to do? That's the question. The real question is, is what you going to do when we look at this account of Jonah? We see here. Where God says, we want you, I want you to go to Nineveh. Here the prophet has received an assignment from God. He is to go to Nineveh. In other words, he is to go there and preach against it. Go there and speak God's standard. But you know what? Jonah ain't got no good positive feelings about this assignment. And he rejects the assignment. In essence, he tells God no. Now, does that sound familiar? It should. Because to my knowledge, every one of us has received at least one assignment from God. 
where we told God no. I'm gonna let that marinate. Just in case in your heart you're saying that's not true. Everybody in here, everybody that I've ever met has received some assignment from God where they told God no. Check this out. When God gives you an assignment and you don't like the assignment, you respond in the negative and tell God no. And you say, wait now, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to tell you, I have never said no to God. Well, listen here. Jonah didn't say no to God either, but he definitely told God no. Jonah did not reject God's call audibly. But what Jonah did do was he let his actions do the talking. I want you to say something with me. It's going to be on the screen. Concerning your actions and your words. It's going to say this. You ready? That's the roll call. We're going to come back to that one. Go to the next one. Say this with me. My actions speak louder than my words ever can. Now keep that in your mind. Now go back to the previous one. When we're talking about roll call, roll call, R-O-L-L, is about a believer accepting the call to fulfill a role, R-O-L. What is the role God has for you? It's okay to hear the call, but are you ignoring the call that you hear? Roll call. Roll call. We need you to identify what God has instilled you with. We need you to identify your gift. We need you to identify your purpose. Check it out, family. It don't make no difference if God called you to be a pastor and you ain't pastoring nobody. It don't make no difference if God called you to be a prophet and you not prophesying. God called you to be a financier and you ain't financing nobody. God called you to be a teacher and you ain't teaching nobody. God called you to be whatever and you ain't doing whatever God called you to do. You need to not only accept the call of the role, not you need to accept the call for the role, not just listen to the role call. I can call you all day. But what you going to do when you show up? I am a prophet of God. You ain't prophesied yet. Roll call. Roll call is about a believer accepting a call to fulfill the role. Go to the next one again, please. And when God asked Jonah to do something, my man Jonah, he didn't say no with his mouth. He let his actions do the talking. 
Look at here. Your actions speak louder than your words ever can. Family, you can verbalize I love you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize I'll be there for you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize I will never hurt you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize, I'm going to honor you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize, I will respect you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize, I'm going to commit to you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize, I'm going to dedicate myself to you, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize that you are a believer, but what do your actions say? You can verbalize that, God, I will do anything that you ask me to do. But doggone it, what do your actions say? Your actions speak louder than your words ever can. Your actions speak louder. Family, by comparison, the words that come out of your mouth exit your mouth in low volume monophonic tones. Your actions, on the other hand. Your actions transmit in high volume, high decibel, stereo surround sound. Your actions speak louder than your words ever can. You know, when I was growing up, I was growing up, my mama, you know, when she would give me some instructions and I kept ignoring them, my mama would tell me, yeah, your grandma, I know she seemed nice now. But she was wilding back in the day. I actually had, you know, they said had a healthy respect and fear. I had a healthy respect and more fear for my mama growing up. But my mama used to tell me, I kept, she kept asking me to do stuff and I just wouldn't do it. My mama would tell me, she'd say, now look at him. I have asked you to do something and I can see that you haven't done it yet. Even though I have taken the time to explain to you what is going to happen if you don't get it done. Now keep thinking on playing if you want to. <laughs> keep thinking on messing around. Believe me. Mama can show you. Better than she can tell you. Listen. Family. Actions. Actions speak louder than words ever can. And Jonah. Jonah, even though he didn't audibly reject God's instructions, believe me, he told God no. He told God no by letting his actions do the talking. When Jonah decided he wasn't going to do it, he told God no in the most undeniable way. He ran away from the call. Have you ever ran away from a call? Has God ever asked you to do something and you didn't just turn your back? You just didn't shake your head from left to right. You ran away from the call. 
Have you ever done that? If you've done that, listen, whether you know it or not, you told God no. And not following out God's directions is interesting for some, you know, righteous, believing folk like us. Because I can't tell you how many folk like me, this is not just about you. I, I, I'm, I can't tell you how many folk like us have quoted that verse out of song. What does it say, Pastor? Check this out. Read this with me. It's Psalm 37, King James Version, verse 23. We like to talk about God orders our steps, right? The King James Version of that says, the steps of a good man, you could say a good man or a woman. Yes, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. What's a good man or a good woman? Someone that seeks God's face, someone that seeks to do his will, someone that seeks, seeks his righteousness. That is a good man or a good woman. And if we're saying that we're going to let God order our steps, that means once God gives us instructions, once he lays down our steps, if we willingly take a different path because we don't like what he asks us to do, we are saying no. And we are not just saying, no, guess what? In a little sly, we're telling God we don't trust him. We like to quote this, the steps of a good man, quotes to us, or woman, are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in this way. We can say that, but what do our actions say. Keep in mind, family, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't have any, I can say, understandable reason for telling God no. Most people have a good reason for telling God no. Frankly, I believe that Jonah had a good, understandably, humanly understandably, you understand, reason for telling God no. I do. At the time, Nineveh was a key location for the Assyrian Empire. And the people there weren't just worldly or sinful. They also had a history of doing some horrible, murderous, just heinous, heinous, how do you say that word, bad things to the children of Israel. Why in the world would Jonah want to go there? Why would you want to go up to a place that you know it's worldly, you know it's sinful, and on top of that, you ain't no telling what they're going to do to you. Why would he want to go there? In Jonah's mind, you got to remember he's human, right? In Jonah's mind, it's just like you and, and me, you and I. It is human nature to avoid unnecessary physical pain. It is human nature to avoid unnecessary emotional pain. It is human nature to avoid unnecessary mental pain. Why in the world would Jonah want to go there? In Jonah's mind, listen, if God want to wipe them folk out of the, off the face of the earth, 
good riddance to bad trash. Moreover, in Jonah's mind, family, check this out. In Jonah's mind, Jonah is saying, God, if you want to send some folk to help them people in Nineveh, that's fine. But you send somebody else. Don't send me. Say this with me. Nineveh is an assignment Jonah does not want. Loved ones, often we are no different. We all have a Nineveh. We all have an assignment from God that we do not want. Every single person in here, if you were to be honest with yourself, you have a Nineveh. God asked Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah looks at that. That's that's not an assignment that I want. And once again, we read this out of the Bible, but keep in mind, Jonah's work is done. We want to talk about your Nineveh. We want to talk about what God is asking you to do. That assignment that you absolutely positively do not want. Nineveh is that assignment from God, family, loved ones that you do not want. It is that assignment. Hey, listen to this. That's dull when you want the shiny one. Nineveh is this assignment to be behind the scenes when you want to be up front. But hey, I'm not going to leave nobody out. Let's reverse that thing. Nineveh is the assignment to be up front when you want to be behind the scenes. Hmm. Nineveh. Oh, yeah, I hit somebody with that, didn't I? Let's, 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 let's ride that donkey for a little bit. Since you're going to chuck about it. A lot of times what people will do is they will use the word to attack people in the negative. Meaning. All you want to do is you want to get the assignment that everybody can see. You want to be up front. You want to be the main attraction. You want to be the star. Let me tell you something. There are just as many people who trying to stay in the booth, in the back, in the dark and keep their gift tired up, locked up, tangled up and never released. than there are people that want to be up front. I will tell you there are more people that are. How I'm going to say it. Dr. Miles Monroe, God bless him, said this. He said the richest place on this earth is the graveyard. Because there are more people who have died with untapped gifts inside them than there are people on the earth doing what God told them to do. Your Nineveh might be God wanting you to be up front 
Because he know your story and your testimony. Because he know the gift that's inside of you. He knows what he puts inside of you. He knows who can be delivered by you. But what do you do? God, I ain't going to do that. God, I'm scared. God, it can't be me. How can you call yourself a believer with the quote unquote greater one living on the inside of you and refuse to be great? What's your Nineveh? Nineveh can be that assignment that's dull in your eyes when you want the shining one. Nineveh can be God wants you to be behind the scenes when you want to be up front. Nineveh can also be God wants you to be up front when you want to be behind the scenes. Point blank, Nineveh is that place where God wants you to do something. And quite frankly, you wish God would just give some give it to somebody else. Nineveh is that place where you tell God, that's a good idea. Who are you going to get to do that? Just not me. You ever you ever had that? Let's say <laughs> you're leading a team. It could be a family. It don't matter. But it's a group of people. And it's always somebody that want to tell you what needs to be done. But they don't ever want to do nothing about it. God needs to go over and reach those people. God said, you get your behind up and go. No, God, you need to send somebody else. God need to help them build a building. Well, you, you need to help them. Oh, God, I ain't got that much money. You need to let somebody else do that. Let me tell you. Nineveh. We all got a Nineveh. Nineveh is that place where God has an assignment for you. He's tapped you on the shoulder. And what you going to say, God, I see what you want to have done. Look at here. I see the benefit of what you want to have done. I see the people that's going to be delivered by what you want to have done. I just got one more thing to add. Send somebody else. Anybody but me. Let's take it a little deeper, family. Nineveh can be where God asks you to reach out to that father that abandoned you. Nineveh can be where God asks you to reach out to that mother that abused you. Nineveh can be to reach out to those family members that you have worked so hard to distance yourself from. Nineveh can be God's request for you to reach out to, hey, guess what? That spouse that broke your heart. Nineveh can be God's edging you, urging you to guess what? Reach out to that friend that stabbed you in the back. God could be saying, I want you to reach out to that neighbor. Guess what? They never paid you your money back. Nineveh. It's the assignment that God is asking you to do that you just don't want to do. Nineveh. We all have a Nineveh. We all have a Nineveh. And keep in mind, I'm talking about Nineveh where God asks you to do something. I'm not saying just in your feelings you want to reach back to that bad family because they're your family. It don't matter that they're your family. What is God telling you to do? 
God might tell you to leave them jokers alone. And if he says that, do that. But Nineveh comes before your feelings, what you think about it. Nineveh is what God told you, what, it's what God told you to do. It's what God told you to do. And if God told you to do it, who in the world are you to tell God no? Now, everybody say free will. Oh, we can tell him no. But don't you sit there and act like you never told him no. You see, when we think about Nineveh and the things that God asks us to do, a lot of times we think of something great. Going on the mission field. When God asks you to treat your wife right. That's Nineveh. God asking you to respect your husband. That's Nineveh. God asking you to spend time with your children. That's Nineveh. Be diligent on your job. That's Nineveh. Now, of course, we're going to wrap that in as we get deeper in this series to the, to the things, to, to, to what God wants you to do to affect people. But the bottom line is Nineveh is what God wants you, want, what God wants you to do and you say no. Hey, a Nineveh God, God told me to go to recently. Apologize to your wife before you go to sleep. I fled from Nineveh. <laughs> Say don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it to be some big thing. It can be a big thing, but Nineveh, point blank, is any time God asks you to do something and you tell God no. Amen. Nineveh. We all have a Nineveh. And when God asks us to go there, our initial gut response is to tell him no. And you know what? We tell God no. And a lot of times we think just because we don't audibly say it, we don't tell him no. But family, your actions, what you do or don't do, speaks louder than your words could ever say. Louder than your words. When you tell God, I ain't going, and I use ain't. When you tell God, I ain't going, what you are telling him is, God, if you want that done, you're going to have to send somebody else. I know you asked me, but send somebody else. I'm going to hit you with this one. You ready? Especially if Nineveh contains people we dislike. Let that marinate. <laughs> Marination make everything taste better. If the marinade good, you feel me? You can't marinate it in bad marinade. But if the marinade is good, that meat going to be popping off. So let that marinate. 
A lot of times if we could peel the onion back, the reason why you say no to going to Nineveh is that you don't like the people who live there. You don't like it. And silently in your heart, what you're telling God is, hey, I ain't going to be nowhere around them people. I'm not going to spend no time with those people. I'm not going to spend a single moment engaging those people. God asks you to reach back out to that father. God, you, you don't know my daddy. My daddy a rotten rascal. I don't want to have nothing to do with him. God says, reach out to your mom. My mom mean as a snake and takes no prisoners. You don't know what you're asking me to do. I ain't going to reach out to her. God says, reach back out to that family. Are you kidding me? You know how hard I work to distance myself from them folk? I'm not spending a single moment of my time with them people. God, you don't know them people. You don't know my daddy like I know my daddy. You don't know my mama like I know my mama. You don't know my folk like I know my folk. Them folk rotten to the core. They not good for me. Them folk ain't changed. They ain't gonna change. If they, had, if they was gonna change, they would have changed by now. Me going there is at a high cost. I don't want to pay it. If you want somebody to go and deliver them folks, send somebody else. Don't send me. The no for Nineveh to go to Nineveh gets even stronger when Nineveh contains people you don't like. When Nineveh contains people we do not like, in our heart we say no, and in our actions, with our actions, we say blank no. Catch that? We all grown. We can fill in that blank. The only reason I don't say it is because, you know, <laughs> practically speaking, this here ain't mine. I don't want to get called to the office. And so, but, <laughs> you know, you look, have you ever looked somebody in the eye and said, you know? <laughs> you know. Listen. When God asks you to do something, in your heart you may whisper no, but with your actions, what you tell him loudly is blank no. Which, when you ask God to send somebody else, the truth is God could indeed send somebody else. He could. I mean, he is God. He could send somebody else. Yes, he could. But at this moment, he has chosen you. He has chosen you and he has chosen you for a reason. And you know the ironic part about that? The ironic part about that is when God gives us an assignment, we instinctively we, we, we look at the assignment and we see that if we actually go to Nineveh, we kind of try to 
paint in our picture the hurt or the pain or the displeasure, displeasure that we will feel if we actually went to Nineveh. As we stand right there, we try to paint that picture, but you got to realize that God has a much bigger view. Go to Romans with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 in the NIV Bible. As believers, knowing that God has a bigger view, we always hold fast to this verse of scripture by Paul. Read it with me. Go. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to the. Yeah. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Here's what the voice version of the Bible says. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate. Everybody say orchestrate orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. I really, really appreciate the fact that the writers of the voice translation put in that word there, orchestrate. Because that word gives us an opportunity to talk about an illustration as it relates to God and this life. God and the roles that he asked us to play. Family, God has a bigger view. He sees the big picture. He, 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 he sees it. He's God. Check this out, though. I want you to consider the work that God is asking you to do as being part of a bigger plan. A movie, a motion picture, if you will. And in a motion picture, there are three main, there are more, but three main guiding or controlling individuals. Watch this image. In a movie production, you have three main folk, let's call them that. It works better with my country speak, you know, folk, people, individuals. You have a casting director. You have a film director. And you have a film or a movie producer. Now, whenever you have a movie that is of any scale, you know, a major motion picture, those roles are filled by three separate individuals. If we were to consider life a movie, we would have to agree that the movie called Life is a big film. That it is a major motion picture of epic, unparalleled proportions. It is definitely a movie worthy of having a casting director, a film director, and a film producer. In the film called Life, though, as far as we're concerned, God fills all three of those roles. Give me the next slide. Loved ones, in life, God is our casting director. 
The job of the casting director is to make sure that they get all the right people to be in the film. Therefore, when God sends out the call, simply answer the call. You shouldn't be worried about who the players might be. You shouldn't be worried about who might cross your path. You shouldn't worry about who God has in your presence right now, because there is nobody in your presence that God sees as a surprise. He is the casting director. All you got to do is accept the call. God is also the film director. The role of the film director is to determine how that movie will play out on the big screen. Therefore, when God sends out the call, you simply answer the call. Don't you be so consumed about how it's going to work out. Don't you be so consumed about what people say how it's going to work out. God knows every scene as it's going to happen before it happens. Why? Because he's the film director. All you got to do is answer the call. What about the movie producer? Because God is also the movie or film producer. Whereas the casting director deals with the people in the film and the film director deals with how the film shows on the screen, the movie producer or film producer handles the business side. Which includes making sure that the production has funds to finish. Hell, somebody, you should shout on that one. That one must have went past you. The point of the movie producer is to make sure that you have funds to finish. Make sure you have money for the mission. That is the role of the producer. So whenever God gives you an assignment, you shouldn't be worried about what you got. You shouldn't be worried about what you need because why? The producer's job is to make sure you have all that. All you're supposed to do is answer the call. In Matthew 6, regarding God's provision, Jesus says this in the easy to read version, Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33. Jesus says, don't worry and say, I will, what will I eat? What will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? That's what those people who don't know God are saying are always thinking about. Don't worry because your father in heaven knows that you need all these things. What you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do. Then he will give you all these other things you need. Verse 33 in the King James Version says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus says, do not worry about the various things that you may need to fulfill the call of God on your life because your God, your heavenly father, your Abba, your backer, your producer knows that you need all of these things. That is not your job to worry about that. Your job is to seek the kingdom of God first. Your job is to seek his will first. Your job is to seek hearing his voice first. 
Your job is to seek understanding what he wants you to know out of his word first. Your job is not to worry about that provision. You should not be consumed with that. That is the producer's job. It is the producer's job to make sure you have funds. It is the producer's job to make sure you get investors. It is the producer's job to make sure you get resources. It is the producer's job to make sure you get the right doors open. It is the producer's job to make sure you got everything you need to accomplish the vision that he has given you. You shouldn't be worried about that. God is the casting director. He is the film director. And he is absolutely positively the producer. You shouldn't be worried about the resources. That is the producer's job. Your job is to make sure that you seek a relationship with him. Your job is to seek God first. Your job is to answer the call. Your job is to follow through with the work. Your job is to seek the producer, not the things, because the producer is there to make sure you have the things. Just complete the mission. And as you complete the mission, as you walk out what God wants you to do, you should walk it out in comfort, knowing that the same God that gave you the work is the very same God that's taking care of business on the business side. You got to know that your producer is not going to let you do a work without having the resources to complete the work. He is responsible for the work. He is going to make sure you have everything that you need. He's going to make sure you have what you need. Say this with me. Say the producer will make sure the provision is available to complete his production. Family, God, God is in control of every aspect of this film called life. God is in control. You know, Jesus once healed a man who was by the pool called Bethesda. And when he healed him, it happened to be on the Sabbath day. And some Jews gave him some flack about that. How dare you heal somebody on the Sabbath? You know, that's our day off. That's the day we, we, we take a break from doing God's work. We just rest. What was Jesus' response? John chapter 5, verse 17 in the NIV Bible. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always working. <laughs> One more time. My father is always at work, at his work to this very day. And I, too, am working. Jesus said day off. We don't take a. We don't take a day off. God don't take a day off. God is always at work. What do I want you to know about that? Even when you think that God's not there casting, even when you think God is not there directing, even when you think God is not there producing, God is always at work. Whether you see him at or not, God never takes a day off. God is always on the job. 
The casting director is always casting. The film director is always directing. The producer is always working on investors. The producer is always working on resources. The producer is always working on funds. The producer is always working on your favor. The producer is always working on getting that door open so you can walk in, guess what, without the education, without the pedigree. Hey, even if your gender is wrong, this is a man's world. Well, baby, you get ready to come up as a female because God can move you in a way that will make men bow to you. It's the producer's job to move the chess pieces to make sure that whatever he has for you gets done. They don't have many female officers in this company. Okay. But your producer is behind the scenes making sure that you in the right place. So when they reach out to tap somebody on the shoulder, somebody say, oh, that's a woman. Yeah, and she got everything she need to fulfill the job, give it to her. Knowing that God is always so diligent at doing his part should make you and I want to do our part. The punchline of all of this is when God asks you to do something, don't say no. When God sends out the call, accept the call. Comma, even if the call sends you to your Nineveh. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, NIV says this. As has been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the, rebel in the rebellion. When God sends out the call, don't you harden your heart. Don't you block God out because you're scared. Don't you block God out because you don't like the people that he's sending you to. Don't you block God out because you think you don't have the education. Don't you block God out because you don't think you have the resources. Don't you block God out because you don't know how it's going to end up. When God sends out the call, do not harden your heart. You just say yes. When God gave the call to Jonah, he hardened his heart. I, I, I believe he didn't already like them people, but when God gave him that assignment, the nerve to ask him to go there, he hardened his heart. He said no. And he fleed the assignment. Even though he didn't audibly say no, his actions said no in stereo. Once again, our key scripture says, Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus 
to flee from the Lord. Family, here's where I leave you. We're not done with talking about Jonah. But as I said earlier, this is not about Jonah. This is about you and this is about me. My whole objective and what I'm going to be bringing to you is this. I want us all to reach the point to where we have the courage to trust God in what he wants us to do and accept the call, even if that call sends you to Nineveh. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, God, that we. We're honored, first and foremost, that you chose us. You thought it a, it a good idea to send your son, even though. Yeah, we, you know, we were we were sinful and out of line and we couldn't save ourselves, but. You loved us enough to send your son. And for that, we say thank you. For those of us who have stepped into your family as you received us with open arms, we recognize that there are times where you ask us to do things that we may not want to do. And when you ask us to do those things, we can sometimes convince ourselves that we're not saying no because we're not audibly saying no to you, but with our actions, we are definitely telling you no. The prayer today is to touch each and every person's heart. To move the no's out of the pictures and out of the picture, God, and let's get some yeses. Because with a yes, we will begin to see the people that you have called them to be. And I thank you, God. And I will repeat what you directed me to do concerning the people here and others that I minister to. God is. My job is to hopefully inspire somebody to make sure that we see who God has called and created them to be before they leave this earth. I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice wants to see themselves. Not how they see themselves, God, but how you see them. And once they see themselves, like you see them, to pursue that vision. And in pursuit of that vision, others will be blessed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.